everyone. Welcome to Central American Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Alejandra Quiroz. Gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. So today we are with Jesus Iniguez, who is the lead of the project uh, Beyond Status from the Center of Cultural Power and also the advisor, group advisor for searching. And we are with Graciela Maria Campo, which is the main actress for searching, aka Sonia. She's playing Sonia. But thank you, both of y'all, to be here. It's honestly a pleasure. I am so excited to talk about um, this film, but also to talk about the program um, and just have a conversation about how important um, this opportunity has been not only for me, but for like everyone who was part of this project. Um, but yeah, I just want to give um, a little bit of time, um, you know, to introduce y'all if you want to share something. <laughs> Anything. All right. I'll go. Hi. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm Graciela. Um, I'm a I'm Salvadorian American. Both of my parents are from El Salvador. I gotta represent out here. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just a Central American creative. Um, I'm in the arts, acting, producing. Um, and yeah, I'm just really grateful to to be here. Honestly, it's it's really great to be here with you, Ale. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah Ale thank you so much for the invite to be on this particular podcast I'm glad that we get to speak English because my Spanish is so pocho but we'll talk we'll get to that later um, este, I'm undocumented I'm an undocumented photographer and filmmaker currently living in the Bay uh, by way of Los Angeles by way of Mexico Mexico City to be exact uh, and yeah, I am the project lead for the Beyond Status Project, which is in its second iteration, 2023, uh, as part of the Center for Cultural Power. So it's great to be here, great to be in connection with both you and Graciela. Yes, no, thank you so much for y'all to be here, um, and honestly. And then, you know, kind of to start a little bit of a conversation, I wanted to ask Jesus kind of like how the story like the program of being status came to life because I know this, like you said, is the second round this year. And then last year, um, you had one of the or past guests, which is Lydia Taravalo. Love her so much. Um, so now I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about like how did the program came to life? Because I felt like it is important, as you mentioned, you're someone who identified as a documentary, me too. And then when this opportunity you shared that with me, I was like, I didn't know this existed. Like, how did this came to life? You know, like, how did this happen? Right. So, so yeah. So I would like to ask you a little bit more how the program came to life and how, um, you know, the center has been a huge influence to that. Yeah. So uh, Beyond Status' genesis came uh, when the Biden administration came in. Uh, we figured that by then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the conversation around immigration reform would be back on the forefront. And so in order to bolster the visibility of the campaigns that we saw upcoming via different national and local grassroots organizations around immigration around the immediate needs of migrants, the migrant crisis at the border, uh, things that are being phased out as part of immigration reform, like Title 42, Title 8, all of those things. Uh, we figured that we would be the uh, cultural wing of these upcoming mm -hmm. efforts as we saw them unfolding uh, in 2022 and on to 2023. 
2024 and beyond, right? And so part of the efforts, as part of my efforts in the Center for Cultural Power is to strategize around uh, media, around um, content. And uh, one of my passions is filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in spaces like that of the Undocumented Filmmakers Collective, uh, where mm-hmm. we have people who dedicate their life and their time to this craft. And it's a very serious craft and an intersection of many different crafts, right? And it's a team effort always. And so um, one of the ideas was, well, what about the possibility of creating a program in which we commission um, content around immigration? But not just in any sort of immigration content, but we'd like to see it from the lens of migrants themselves. So migrant directors, uh, and, you know, also specifying the fact that the, the diaspora of different peoples from all around the world look vastly different, right? So I did also didn't want to corner myself and just talk about the undocumented experience. I wanted to all keep that opportunity open to different migrants who have come into the U.S. who have had their own set of experiences uh, and mm-hmm. thus are able to speak to their own experiences via their own stories. And so uh, that's how it evolved. It went from wanting to create content uh, or wanting to commission uh, you know, video makers and, and filmmakers to create content mm-hmm. around immigration to something a bit more um, nuanced and solidified, in which we wanted to create short-form pieces um, from migrant filmmakers specifically um, that speak to immigration from a lens of their own experiences, but looking beyond what could be considered a status, right? Uh, so looking into what it be, what would it be like if uh, there were no more borders? What would it look like for our communities, communities if we did not have to contend with uh, immigration status? And so that's when all these wild ideas started coming up, right? Like uh, the science fiction site, the, the science mm-hmm. fiction perspective of like, what if a literal alien was here in the United mm-hmm. States navigating through the mm-hmm. immigration system? Or how can we tell a story via a vehicle like Lydia's piece, Mojosito mm-hmm. and And so um, that's how it started. And uh, yeah, the first the first round, um, the first showcase itself actually took place in November of 2021. Uh, and since then, it's been a process of identifying other filmmakers who are serious filmmakers who are doing this as part of their craft, their main craft, uh, and um, identifying um, pieces, curating pieces, if you will, um, mm-hmm. Around the migrant experience in a way that does not center trauma and sorrow and pain, uh, that speaks to something that, uh, in which they won't have to justify themselves as migrants or mm-hmm. undocumented people. They just speak mm-hmm. a story, tell a story that they feel that is pertinent to them, that is important to express, uh, and they're able to do it with, with very few parameters, with a relatively small budget, but nonetheless, um, it opens them up to the possibility of being creative and stepping into realms that they perhaps in the past have limited themselves from uh, stepping into. Like yourself, as a documentarian doing a narrative piece, that, that's the sort of work that we'd like to support and that we'd like to see. Because we feel like when we give artists an opportunity and maybe some resources, they're able to come through with some very uh, cutting-edge work. And that's what we'd like to see. Yes. Love it. Oh my God. So love it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Graciela wants to comment before I do. <laughs> oh. 
love. <laughs> no, that's, I think it's great. I think, I think that I love the part too about um, stories about migrants that aren't just trauma or sad. Um, Cause we all know, right. We know the reality of it. It is, it is a sad mm-hmm. thing. And, but there's, there's more to these stories, um, you know, like searching too. And that's what, you know, um, brought me to searching is that there's some um, it's just a story it's just it's just a, it's just a, a piece of life someone's life you know so I love that everything you said Jesus like, yeah no I, I really love it because um you know this is like like I said it's just something that I never knew I, like it was out there and I felt like Coming from experience, like as a non-documented filmmaker, when I graduated college, um, I was being very open about how this podcast came to life because I personally felt like, well, I can now work on film because I don't have, you know, this piece of paper, but I could, you know, grab my computer and my mic and I can record and kind of like, oh, let me share a story or so let me talk or let me like learn from others and like you know be in this space to share because I couldn't do it the way I first intended to right I always said like this is how the podcast started it started because of me feeling like I wanted to do more I wanted to be able to share more stories but I am limited by status right and um when like Jesus called me I was like wait he I remember you kind of like told me about Lizieth and I was like, oh, like, yeah, like I, I just had like a, like a podcast with her, you know, and I never knew. And I, I texted her immediately after for someone to go and like recommend and like say, Hey, like there's another person who might, you know, you might want someone to, in this case, be part of this program. And I feel like a lot of filmmakers feel that way of like, sometimes we have to do it ourselves. We have to create um, our own things and, and just think that in the future we might have the opportunity, right. Or think of, Oh, you know, maybe um, I would be able to do this all my life because this is what I like, but because right now I can, because people are, I very intended to tell Oh, like if you don't have this, you cannot work. Or if you don't have this, you cannot do this. There's a lot of, you can, you can, you can't. But in this thing, I feel like, during this program it was like it makes you think like you can and you can do anything beyond your status you can dream to be what yeah. you like to do what you intend to tell the story that you want to tell and not have the limitation and i feel like when when i was talking with like jesus about the story because this is a story <laughs> that um i was telling him like it came to me very like very raw and I'll share a little bit of like an experience that I just recently had. Uh, but it was a story that I, it felt very close to me, like in the very personal. And I never thought in a million years that I could like even write about or be in that position to tell this type of experience that I know and not only happened to myself. Um, so definitely um, I feel like, it is time for, you know, maybe this is the first step to many other um, beyond status programs, you know, beyond status like parts. But at the same time, I feel like for other ones to kind of see themselves that they can do it. And it doesn't matter like the budget. I feel like it's just a matter of all, all, us storytelling our own stories. I feel like that from the perspective from, like you said, like not only trauma, not only sadness, like it's just a perspective of what is actually leaving us an immigrant.
Yeah, correct. Um, I remember being in contact with you for the first time. And uh, Lydia put us in contact. I cold call you, a fan of cold calls. I'm trying to bring him back. Uh, I didn't know whether or not Alejandra would actually answer the phone. Um, but I remember, I, I don't know if you felt on the spot when I first called you. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm trying to commission some work. You came yeah. highly recommended by another filmmaker. And um, I just want to know what ideas you have. Um, at the moment, you know, there, there is no application. For this is just something that I've been curating on my own, doing the outreach myself and identifying filmmakers in order to uh, work through these opportunities. And even I have worked with uh, established filmmakers um, who are experienced. I also wanted to bring in others, some first timers. And so you told me about a project that you've been developing for some time. Um, and the, it's not that I was not excited about the idea, but for me, um, I'm like, I want this. I want the story that you have in the back of your mind that you're afraid to tell that you don't think that you can tell at the moment. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I already told you that. I'm like, this yeah. is a great idea, but it's not what I'm looking for. But I know that in the back of your mind, you have a story that you want to tell that you really care about. Um, and I wonder if we can help you manifest that. So take some time, take a couple of days to think about it, and then call me when you're ready, and then we'll talk. And then a couple of days later, I call from you, and, I, and you said, I have an idea. And then you just like said it very simply. Um, you said something to the effect of migrants making parallels between where they currently are in their receiving country and the parallels that they view from around every corner uh, that reminds them of home, their sending country, uh, off a place that they can't visit once more, right? And I said, bingo, that's what I want. That's what I want you, that's the story I want you to tell. Um, and we'll work through it. We'll figure out how we can tell this story. Um, but this is what I want you to lean on and this is what I want you to lean into. <laughs> And so then I just immediately said, I'm going to file this contract. You better start writing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's how we ended up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I really, it was, it's, honestly, that's how it happened. Um, <laughs> I remember being put in this, like, like kind of like, I remember when you called me, I was having enough. And then I saw this, like, you know, unknown number. And I was like, Okay. And then I saw a text and it was like, like that kind of like, okay. And then I called back and I was like, still half asleep. <laughs> and then I remember kind of like, uh, okay, like trying to put the words of like, with the work, the, the documentary that I have been working on. And I remember you telling me like, hey, you know, this is great, you know, but you know, I feel like you have more of the story. And I remember I told you, I told you, if you can give me a week mm -hmm. on that day, I remember it because I had an internship. On that day, I was driving up the 110 to North Hollywood because I live here, you know, around the uh, LA, uh, LA Port area. So, like, some people are and all that. Mm. And I was driving, and I was just putting my motivation music that is very random, but it's Rebecca Lane, which is a Guatemala rapper. I love her so much. Mm -hmm. And I was just playing, like, playing it, blasting, blasting as the point. And first, I was going through LA, downtown LA. That's why, like, I feel like downtown LA, there's a specific portion of the film because of that. I was downtown LA and it just clicked to me. It's like how many times I have looked for my home in this city? How many times? 
I always tell people how, like, when I'm walking down like four or five, how many times I, I tell them, all that looks like this, you got all that looks like this, how many times? And that's when I was like, hey, I feel like this is experience that not only I can relate, but I really feel that I'm always in that, like, you know, like that searching of home. And like, it, that it feels home, but it's not home. Like, and then this kind of like going through this, like, down tonight, I remember, yeah, it was, 3 p.m. You know, that's traffic time, oh, <laughs> you know? So I was just like, it was traffic. And I remember just like, yes, this it is. And sorry, you know, I was, I just got to my internship before I went into my internship. I remember writing everything in notes, like everything that I had, because it just felt right. It just felt like this is something I can relate. This is something I care a lot. This is something I, I remember like calling you back and like telling you about and I was like, this is, this is the story. This is the story I think that we can do. And I remember you telling me, and I was, I was in a sense scared because like, I, again, I come from a very documentary mindset, a very like, not very scripted, not very like all that very, and having more still on the producing side. So coming into like directing, writing, it was like, very intimidating but i like i always tell you thank you for like getting me out of the comfort zone because i felt like not only i needed it but i also like it made me it made me want like more like now i have a book that is like writing prompts <laughs> because i really love the experience yeah and you know as part of this um part of this work that at the center for cultural power <clears throat> um there are a lot of organizations that offer opportunities for commissions, right? We definitely see up and coming artists, um, extend themselves, uh, to tap into their creativity to deliver work that has a message that speaks to the times. But often our organizations undergo the commissioning process and then that's as far as the relationship goes. There really isn't particularly that much of an investment in the artist uh, to support them into a different trajectory or another brand of work that they can explore. And so, yeah, that's why um, I, I pushed all of the artists really um, to delve into an area that they um, saw they wanted to explore some development. They wanted to get to know uh in parts that or sections of the craft that they felt intimidated by um and fearful of and i wanted and i and i said well that's where you need to go I, and this is an opportunity for you to grow not only is it a time and a place and a space in which you could tell the story that you want to tell uh but you could also explore other parts of your craft um that can help you grow, that can help you, uh, that can take you to other places, um, further along in your, in this career that you, that you're building for yourself. And so I was very happy, uh, when you proposed this narrative piece, because for me immediately, I'm like, not only are you stepping out of your producer role, which you told me you had a lot of experience working in the background of things, um, but also you were stepping into this role of writer and you were looking into telling a story, developing your storytelling muscle. Um, and I hope that at the conclusion of this project, uh, you continue to do um, 
more projects like these. Uh, that you feel like this is tangible, this is possible, that you as an artist can tap into um, this other part of yourself to uh, tell stories and to capture and to document and to, um, you know, breathe life and culture into your community. I feel like, um, like you said, it, it honestly opened the world for me because um, I wanted him. Like, you know what I mean? After I we finished the writing process and we went, I went into producer mode. Like I had this like writing mode, right? Of like, I'm very new to this. Jesus, what do you think? Like, I was like, what do you think about this part? Let me change this part. I don't know, you know? And a lot of like... Because you go into process of like being self-cautious or like being had this imposter syndrome, thinking how can you tell it? Is this gonna translate the way you see in your like you have it in your mind? How you gonna be? You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. I feel like being a producer for so long. Sometimes when I was writing, I was like, wait, would this affect if I have to do like how many permits would I have to get? Like how many? Like it was like that when I was right like writing and I remember you telling me don't think with the producer mind just write it and worry about whatever permit whatever studio whatever anything you have to do later but just write it don't think about think that you have the endless budget I remember you talking that just like just do it and you will do the little you know accommodations later yeah yeah so mm-hmm. to something realistic for sure. Yeah, and then I remember once you you said that like it, I'm an automatic click, and I felt like it was more fluent for me to write to not think about those instances like oh like what how I'm gonna film the scene or how I'm gonna and that's how this made it happen like filming also in like in my mom's hometown right but mm-hmm. it like in in Honduras because I was just like. It's possible, you know, <laughs> How yeah. some way, somehow it's going to happen. But I feel like it worked perfectly where like I couldn't think of like the logistics of like all the part, but it just writing the story, how I wanted to tell it and mm-hmm. then later go into produce it. And then when I was like a directing, it was very like, and even like kind of like that's how I can tell. Like I was just like, hey, like. I just want to, you know, I'm thinking here, you know, and it's having that monitor in front of me. Like, I feel like you probably, I have like, my friends probably snap some picture. The smile that I have knowing that I saw this whole process, I was just like, what? Like, oh my God, I see it now. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I see it. I feel it. And once I was, once we were filming, I could see the edits in my head. So it's like a crazy experience that I never was able because for me it was always like, oh, producing ends right there and then we go to post. Like, you know, I never was like <laughs> involved in that. So it honestly made me like realize, oh my God, this is, I really, really love being in all those steps mm. that I actually, if I, I actually like have told my other friends, hey, I think we should have like a writing session because I really, really like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get a writer. Talented, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> You're so good. I can't wait to be directed again mm, by you. Stop. You're a visionary. <laughs> yes. No, you should. You should be less humble. <laughs> what, what, was, yeah. Yeah, great. what was that experience well, like, Asiela? Yeah. To what be, was the experience be like directed by Ali? 
Oh my gosh, she's such a great collaborator. Um, I love it. It's just she has a vision, and and she knows how to articulate it very well. It was easy taking directions from her, and honestly, it was just a great set in general because um, our friends were on the set. Her mom was on the set. Like it was just like a group of homies getting together, making some art like doing filmmaking and everyone was a part of it you know like yeah sure I'm, I'm the actor or whatever but I was like what can I help with can I move this can I pick this up like how can I help this like that's how you have to be like you just don't have one job when it comes to like indie filmmaking like you have to find a group of people that wants to that care that care about this this vision and I think all that people did care about do care about searching mm -hmm. Yeah, they care about you and, and they see your talent. And that's why you like, you're gonna win girl. You know what I mean? Like, this is just a beginning. And I just feel so honored. Like, this is the first film I've done. That's like, mostly all Central Americans are part of it. And that means so much to me because as a Central American, as a Salvi, in the industry, I do feel like um, we get erased sometimes. Or, you know, we were, mm -hmm. you know, I don't see a lot of us there. So it's so cool to see that there's so many of us creating art um, and being empowered mm -hmm. by by organizations um, like the center. So it's just really great. It just makes me happy. Like honestly, community mm -hmm. and art, like those are my two motivations in life so it, it was great for real like I felt really lucky to have met you and have this opportunity like you don't know this is life-changing for me <laughs> yeah and one thing that um when I sent I remember when I sent the treatment to to Jesus I already had your picture on it and I already knew like I already knew when I was writing Sonia I already knew I was like this gives me Graciela's wife. And I have only met Graciela for like three days that we were, that we met in the yeah. festival. Yeah. yeah. And it already like, the way she is, like the color, like I, like, I remember going for a wardrobe, like that I was like <laughs> directing her, like, hey, like this, for this scene, this and the scene. But because she's always being like full of art, very happy. And like, that's kind of how embodied, like Sonia, I felt like, I couldn't, when writing it and I finishing and I was like, this just feels like so perfect for Graciela. And I was kind of scared because like, again, I, I only met Graciela for like three days and we were like volunteering and like, we didn't have much of like, hey, like, let me connect. And I remember I asked Graciela very randomly one day, Graciela, do you have a reel? Like, I remember sending you a DM like that. Hey, Graciela, I'm only checking out a reel. And, like, you sending it to me. But I already knew. You know what I mean? And I remember, hey, you think you have time to talk? Like, not even mentioning anything until, like, I told her. And I was oh, so, yeah. I remember I being so scared. I was like, oh, I was like, please, please say yes. I remember, like, praying before. <laughs> praying so before. Silly. Because I was like, I feel like, you know, I was like, I love, I have seen, like, her acting I have followed like her videos that she does with fashion and I really really love them and I was like I really want her to be part of this film you know um and I remember when we talked about it and you I you were like oh my god yes and then I sent you the script and then you came with us 
um, then we have another conversation that is something that I want to kind of like to share about. And you were like, have questions about like your Spanish, which to me, I was like, I was like, wait, what was, you know, I was like, really? Like, I was like, you can't, I can't believe this is your first Spanish, like, you know, yeah. role. Um, but I honestly felt like very like, like, oh, that's right that you were able to like come to me and share that right because i feel like it's very yeah. vulnerable for a person um and also when we were talking with jesus too because i feel like yes this is a very like central american like very storytelling but at the same time i was like this is the story of like you represent many 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 migrants and i feel like and specifically with the languages i feel sometimes people get like very erased or like they go into this like that like form of referring to each other of like you're not this enough because right. of this language right. or like how do you you don't talk certain language because you don't you know if you were born over there and I feel like yeah. even my brother even my brother you met him even my brother he they always ask him that he's like but you were born in Honduras and it's like you people will never get that as many even if you came at three you came at five you came at 10 11 yeah. you know things happen and sometimes the disconnect of like your your accent or stuff and it's like part of your identity that evolves but I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit of that Yeah, yeah. So uh, when Ale showed me the script, I mean, I loved it um, as the reader and then obviously as the actress, but I also got worried. I like to be aware of the space I take up and I didn't want to take on this role if I wasn't the best fit, if there was someone who maybe could have spoke Spanish a little bit more. I just, I was just really self-conscious and just making sure like I was checking in with myself and with Ali that like, Hey, by the way, my Spanish is kind of funny. <laughs> it's not perfect, but, um, Yeah, I am insecure about it. Um, I think that's why this is my first Spanish, um, primarily Spanish-speaking project because of that. I mean, as you all know, sometimes how the story goes, my parents, they are refugees from El Salvador. We moved to Utah. Like, they had to assimilate, you know, they had to speak English. Um, Utah, like, they were in it back in the 90s. Like, there was a lot of Latin people, oh, Latin people. So... I spoke English and they would respond in Spanish and that's how it went. <laughs> so then my whole life, that's how it goes, right? Uh, it's like, well, I don't speak fluently Spanish. I couldn't hang out with like certain groups, but then it's like, I don't look a certain way in Utah. So I couldn't hang out with other groups. It's just like, mm -hmm. who am I? We all know we go through this identity crisis. Like, where do I fit in? <laughs> and I just, I came to terms like I'm still salty. Like I love being salty and I am salty. And I think if I keep being worried about my Spanish, I'm never going to learn, you know, or I need to practice. I need to just say it. I just need to speak Spanish and it'll come to me. I have to stop being embarrassed and shy. So I did reach out to Ellen and was like, hey, I just want to say I got one concern. Uh, your girl's Spanish is not the best, but like, let me know if you want to go a different direction. Like I won't be mad. I still want to be a part of this project because that's how much I believed in this project and loved it that like, I was really to give up this role and do something else if I wasn't the best fit. Like, I wanted to be, I wanted Ale to have 
her vision come to life and maybe I was like maybe I'm not the perfect fit and I just wanted her to know like where my abilities were in Spanish in, in case that did um, affect her vision but she was just like girl you're fine <laughs> she was like don't even worry about it she's like we'll figure it out like it's 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 all good and that made me feel really good um and validated actually um yeah, and then, you know, and I worked my little butt off <laughs> with the Spanish. I was, like, practicing. I was, like, massaging my mouth. It's because Spanish is so, like, like so fast, and you move your mouth so much more. Mm-hmm. I was just, oh, man. But I was working hard because um, for this, for your, for your vision, you know what I mean, for your story. And it's great, and, and I'm really thankful again. Like, I can never say and you flatter me so much. Like, I'm so honored to be a part of this. And I love I love more that it is be, uh, a part of Beyond Status. And I love the work Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, like, this is so beautiful. Like, I can't wait to see where this program is in, like, 10 years and the stories and, and where these filmmakers are going to be with these stories. Because really, like, all people need is just resources and, like, a platform, a chance. You just need one chance. Mm-hmm. And for the center for Beyond Status to give that to people, and like you said, Jesus, like you like I know established artists, but I also want like newcomers and Ferale to be like um, into documentary, but doing narrative. Like that is so cool, and not just doing narrative. You did it so well. Like I don't think you understand like your talent, your natural filmmaker, dude, for real. <laughs> So, yeah. like, this is just has been a beautiful journey on my end, and I can't imagine what it is for you on it and, and all things coming to you. And I really don't think you know how important it is for um, our community, especially, you know, our Central American community to see a uh, hundred women creating art. Like, what? Producing, writing, <laughs> directing, you know? Casting. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. It's great. Hey, I know we don't like ads, but before we continue with the episode, I wanted to tell you that if you like our content, it would mean a lot if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Also, don't forget to follow us on the rest of our social media platform. And now let's continue with the episode. I I remember seeing the first draft of the script. And prior to this draft, I think you had told me... um, uh, you, you were apprehensive about your best approach in how to write it. It could be bilingual. Like you were asking a lot for permission. And I'm like, girl, you're an artist. Just like take it where it needs to go. If it's going to be fully Spanish, then it's going to be fully in Spanish. We'll figure it out. Uh, but just forget about all the what ifs. I, I'm on, the only permission I can give you here is permission to fail. And that is in that respect of like, you, you got to play in order to come to an idea. So um, if what's holding you back is the sense of wanting to come through perfect or to come to a first draft that is solid and perfect, that's, that's never happened in the history of filmmaking. Um, so I remember reading that first draft and I remember telling you, this is good. Lean into it. If you're going to go this particular route, if you want to draw the actual parallels of, of uh, you know, the U.S. and Honduras, 
then let's let's talk about how we can produce this. And I think that there was even like a moment where I'm like, I, I was a little scared. I'm like, I don't know that the idea is actually going to pan out in the way that she has it in her script. Um, but she has her process. I'm entirely hands off. I'm trusting this process. I'm trusting her vision. And the best way I could do, well, the best role that I could play into this is just be the supportive route and anchor you down, right? Uh, so I do remember you calling me frantically like, oh my God, my boyfriend who was going to go fly into Honduras and to record, that's actually not going to happen anymore. But, and when I heard that, but I'm like, she's got this, she's got this. You were like, but I did find somebody to help uh, film in Honduras. And I'm like, see, I, I don't have to be worried here. Like, this is the benefit of Ale, Ale pulling into her producer hat. Uh, while still honoring that artistic vision that you had. And so coming to uh, these iterations of drafts that you, that you already shared with me and just watching how the become more finesse, watching how, um, you know, even Graciela, as you play Sonia, um, I very much identify with your portrayal of Sonia right out of the gate. Because, um, you know, I immediately was like, yeah, her Spanish is not refined, but I can't sit here and try and throw a stone because my Spanish is horrible too. Um, and I'm like, you know what? It actually speaks to why my Spanish is the way that it is because I came to the U.S. when I was a very young child. And even though my parents spoke to me in Spanish and they asked that they I respond in Spanish so that I don't lose that connection, the overwhelming rest of my life has been primarily in English to the extent that even my parents were like, oh yeah, it's very important for us to learn English. So why don't you learn English and then teach it to us? And in that process okay. of trying to fit in, I lost the Spanish that I did have. And now I'm trying to regain it. And so yeah. watching on screen, I'm like, yeah, this is how I, this is why I feel some type of way about being on camera and talking to my grandmother who talks real fast. And I'm just like, oh, right. see, abuela. <laughs> <laughs> Not that my Spanish is that terrible, but I think that a lot of people can relate to that, um, to lose yeah. in, in the search for uh, for something different, for for finding home. And that is the recurring uh, and thread across all of the films that are part of the showcase, whether it's people trying to find the literal sense of home uh, to a finding home around every corner, like your film, or even finding home in themselves. Um, I think that we all want to feel like we belong, that we're anchored down, uh, and that we can look beyond uh, to what we can, and that is an essence of home. Yes. I love that. I love that we relate to that. Jesus, I love that. And I also love that, like, um, because you would think, too, you know, you said you're um, undocumented and you came here young. I always assumed, you know, like, people who were born in other countries, like, when you were born there, you're going to be fluent in Spanish. And like you said, I too, like your brother. So, so it is another side. It is another story. It is another perspective um, that not everyone who is a migrant, who maybe is undocumented, is going to be fluent in their homeland's language. So so I'm glad you took a chance on me and and my unrefined uh, Spanish. 
No, but you you portray Sonia so much, and I remember when I told you, I was like, "Hey, this is experience for many people." I remember like, don't feel like, "Oh, my Spanish is not your Spanish is your Spanish," and like any other people have different Spanish, and like. I remember when we were recording the scene of, you know, you're talking about, like, um, with, the gra with grandma. And I remember my mom, yeah, I remember my mom was like, hi, Alejandra, why do you write it like that? This is how it should, like, say it more easy. She's like, and I remember my mom, like, this is how we pronounce it. Just be easy on yourself. Don't pronounce it too. You don't remember? Like, yeah. was, my mom, my mom was a huge person on hope of this. Um, she not only, oh, like, she's so great. played a part of, like, being the mom, but also in a sense of, like, being the support, like, for, for Graciela, being the support for myself when I needed, like, oh, like, the food section where I didn't know, you know, I remember my grandma teaching that but i'm not a very good cooker <laughs> you know, I don't know how to cook a lot. so like she being there like oh this is how we're gonna prep all the all the food and even like in the restaurant making like enchiladas i remember like telling mommy this is the food that is for the scene how can i make it and she went got the condiments everything and she made it and like the support of my mom in this in this film i feel like it was very needed for everyone. Um, and also for, like, the set design. Uh, she was cleaning. She was, like, helping set design. She was, like, having some. She was helping. She was helping with, like, Graciela. Everybody was set. Literally. True, 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 um, true mom form. You know what I mean? Low-key and high-key, when I was watching that footage of that food, I, my stomach was grumbling. I'm like, that looks bomb. I want that. It was. It was. She, she let her mom literally was like, do you want some? And she like put it in a Tupperware and she gave it to me to take it home. And I'm like, in what other set does this happen? Like, that's it, right? Like, that's community. That's creating with like our elders too. Like, like you're also giving your mom a chance to be creative. You know, like I think about that too. Like for her to use her other talents besides like what she has to do for labor, like to survive, you know, like you're giving her that chance again to to be a part of this. And that's why it's so beautiful, you know. It's it's, it's creating art with, with family, with community. It's just like it's great. It's it, it, and it's healing. And it's so healing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so healing and, and you find your power too. Like I I bet you're maybe your mom realized but I hope she she felt very empowered by that and how mm -hmm. important and knowledgeable and talented she is because yeah she was there she she had our backs we needed her <laughs> yes she, she was cooking too she was like this is how you cook it this is it. I'm like oh my god she was like hold it hold the pan like this hold this yeah yeah like, I'm gonna want a rundown of that whole experience the fact that you I didn't know your mom's was on set that's super cool yeah, I thought that was. was yeah. I, I actually thought that no. was Graciela's cooking. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was Graciela's cooking, but my mom was like, uh, you know, director point two because <laughs> she was like, "Hey, Graciela, this is how you do it." Like when we had like the Spanish part, she was like, you know, she was like reading the lines with Graciela. She was like, "Okay, we're gonna record it." Of course, like that doesn't appear in the thing, but you know, 
the person re- like reading grandma's line is mom. And mm. um, I remember when I told her, oh, mommy, like this is the days I'm going to record. But not like just as, you know, me and my mom telling what I'm going to do. And yeah. she was like, I'm going to work in those days. She blocked her calendar <sighs> and she was like, oh, I'm going to so go, beautiful. you know, help you and, and whatever thing you may need. But yeah, mom was on set. And he That's said, super cool. Yeah, that is super yeah. cool. We, the house that we um, filmed some at, her mom gave the bathroom a deep clean. Oh goodness! Like, she was in the shower. Like she is devoted. <laughs> she is devoted. She was like, she was just so great. She was just so happy to be there, and she's just so proud, you know. And and, and I told her too. I, I think I sat down and I spoke with her, and I was just like. That's awesome how supportive you are of Ale because, you know, as we know, sometimes a lot of, in our culture, sometimes parents don't like the art route, you know, they're like, go, I don't know, do something else. (laughs) So I love it when I see parents, like, not only being supportive, but she was in the mix with you. And for her to take time off of work, which I bet, like, that can be hard sometimes to be there for you. Like, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at your mom's some flowers now. Like, I need to, we need to treat mama to something. (laughs) Mom better be uh, in the credits. Yeah, Yeah. she needs to get something. (laughs) Can we we also talk about your grandma real quick? Is that your grandma, right? Yes. Yes, that's my my grandma. So that footage uh, is so beautiful. Um, I remember seeing it, and I'm like, man, this is. The, first of all, Ale um, made it work. Alejandra made that mm-hmm. business work. Was able to capture this footage, um, but like, I don't have footage of my grandmother's. I wish I did. Um, uh, and one of them has now passed, and so like that opportunity is forever gone. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like not only were you able to capture some of that footage, uh, but to incorporate it as part of your body of work uh, to uplift mm-hmm. her as like someone who is a cultural worker of sorts, a cultural beacon mm-hmm. in your family, who has taught not just taught you and your mom um, pa- passes on the the, the knowledge of culture. Mm-hmm. Latino, uh, where mm-hmm. that, that you feel when you were a child, and it takes you back to a time that we can't return to, right? Um, yeah, I thought that was so powerful. Uh, the fact that mm-hmm. you were able to leave that into your delivery, yeah. And you know, I was, I remember talking to my grandma because <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I have something to tell you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so this is a project I'm working, and she's like, okay, and I told her the scenes. I was like, it was going to be a coffee. And I already told her, like, this is, I remember calling her, you know, FaceTime, just how you see it in the movie. I was like, put me FaceTime, this, just exactly like that. And she was in, in, in her house back in the, in El Pueblo. And I was like, oh, grandma, can we go around the house, you know, to kind of see it. And I remember she telling me, oh, I'm not going to cook it in the, in the estufa. I'm not going to cook it, you know, like in the stove. I was like, that's not how I like to cook it. I like to cook it in La Hornia, right? When you mm. put the, the, the leña and everything. And I yeah. was like, okay, grandma, if you want to do it there, I don't have no word to say. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to comment. And I remember I told um, the filmmaker that went to, uh, you know, film it. And I was like, you know, 
forget about the storyboard that I send you about being the scope. My grandma said she's not doing it there. My grandma said she's not doing it there. And I'm not changing that. I was like, I'm not changing that. And uh, you don't miss a grandma. Yeah. And then one thing that he told me was like, and uh, when he, like, we sit down after, see the footage and everything, he told me, your grandma was so natural. She was not afraid of the camera. She had everything ready. She had, like, everything, like, you know, and the way she said her lines, because later I have to talk with her, like, in the FaceTime while she was recording her lines and, like, make it like, oh, grandma, this is how, you know, the way it doesn't sound like she's reading. Um, right. She was like, oh, it was, like, in, like, two, three takes. But like, if it was for like for me and all the like all the people, like it takes months. Like you know, for someone who doesn't have even the practice of of being like you know an artist or like recording your voice, and no, she did it so like effortlessly. And until this day, I told Grandma like you look like you have done movie for a long time. <laughs> I was like, you were just cooking and cooking and like. The way she says, you know, when she's narrating, my mom always, every time this part, my mom's like, I love it. The way she narrates how the food is made, is mm. it, I I didn't, and you know that, that was not on the script. You mm. know, it was only mm. steps, you know, it was only mm-hmm. steps because I said, I don't know how my grandma's going to narrate it. And she mm-hmm. was, she just narrated like that. She, it, I didn't give no direction or anything. She just said it. That's beautiful. Like, That's awesome. she's like, me mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my heart. My heart. I know. So amazing. So, yeah, congratulations. That's the magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the magic of elders, right? It's just like, oh, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're just great. They're giants for real. For real. Like, yeah. Wow, wow. And I'm very, I'm very grateful that at once she said yes, uh, but also to have her and become part of this, and in this, you know, project because she is the huge like reason why I love you know the food that is prepared. She's the huge reason why I am so connected to not only the place where I was born, but also where my family from my mom's side is from, right? And I feel like for me, like she was a key and I feel like it makes it like together. And even the pictures, the pictures that were in the room, like that's, Mm. that's her, (laughs) you know, that's her. It was her. Like it was not no one like random big, no, it was her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, we can see it. I know. You know, well, I just kind of felt she hasn't seen anything so i just mm-hmm. sent her the latest edit so she will see that's the part of the grandma <laughs> oh, <God>. I- <laughs> gotcha yeah i, I saw yeah. your email earlier uh where you're like mm-hmm. this is the latest so i'm really anxious to see it <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. 
I'm sorry. Okay, I'm very excited about this year's uh, round of commissions. Showcase is happening March 23rd, so please mark your calendar. Uh, go to beyondstatus.us to RSVP mm-hmm. for the event. It is limited. And it not only features work by, you know, our host, Alejandra Quinoz, but we also have uh, work by uh, Danieli Rodriguez. We also have work by Danieli Rodriguez de Lorbe, who is like a well-known poet out in the field, um, as well as um, established filmmaker Jess X. Snow, whose work I'm a big fan of. Armando Ibanez, who's done in the details, has been in the game for quite some time. Uh, and it's beautiful to see him step outside of, of that storytelling bit to offer this, this, mm-hmm. this offering. And then Dorian Gomez, who just delivered a very, very beautiful piece that it's like achy, but in that good kind of way. So all in all, mm-hmm. this showcase for March 23rd, I'm very, very excited to unveil these pieces. And I'm also very curious to see what the trajectory will be for these pieces. Are we going to see them in future film festivals? Are we gonna see yes. them evolve into like full length features? Are we gonna see yes. them <laughs> awards? Are we gonna see them on streamers? Mm-hmm. That's my question, and that's my hope for the for the filmmakers and for the pieces. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're listening, support y'all. Like support these voices. Mm-hmm. Support beyond status. Like that's literally how we just get to more spaces and places outside of just ourselves right like we have mm-hmm. to support each other so if for some reason already your march 23rd is booked send it to a friend <laughs> share it spread it around like this is really beautiful i don't think people understand like how this works and i think that would be on status like i'm a big fan already mm-hmm. yes Yes, and you know the 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 stories how Jesus said it earlier, and like it has this undertone of like theme of like home, and like it's they're so beautiful, and all those artists were able to tell like such a beautiful and stunning way of like from their perspective, but also like deliver an amazing like oh super touching like movies that it will make you like you you'll feel it like it's just one of those pieces that you just feel like damn like. I needed this. So like everybody knows all the time, everything will be linked in the description. All where the web the website where y'all can go see the trailers, the where read a little bit more about each movie, but also the screening which happening on March twenty third at four PM Pacific Standard time right correct yeah correct. <laughs> yes um but not anything else um you know i just wanted to say thank you thank you to jesus for the opportunity and this program and thank you for um you can't you know like i told you getting me out of the comfort zone and be able to tell the story but also i wanted to graciela for not only saying yes to say sonia but also being like the person who it represents a lot of people that that's how we feel on screen and uh you're gonna see her like she knows she made me cry she made mommy cry she made a bunch of people cry and um she's you know i feel like that's the beautiful art of like storytelling and i like being an artist that you can tell the story and you know not only being like oh i'm just this like character like being you being part of the character as, as well like you cannot disconnect so thank you both for everything <laughs> well alejandra i'm gonna throw some flowers at you um, 
because even though I feel like as part of my role in the Center for Cultural mm-hmm. Power, I don't think I'm in the business of like commissioning work. I think I'm in the business of identifying and curating and opening opportunity. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Um, and the piece that you delivered uh, is one that I know is very personal to you. And I know that it takes us, you know, being a filmmaker myself and having done a lot of content in which I place myself in front of the camera or place my experiences and my stories as part of the narrative pieces that I've developed, that it could be a very vulnerable thing. And so uh, the the courage that it's taking, mm-hmm. the, the courage that it takes to tell this particular piece, I think is something that should be celebrated and highlighted. And I do think that it speaks to the sort of filmmaking and storytelling that we in our community deserve. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so big ups to you for stepping outside of your comfort zone, for believing in yourself, for pushing through that imposter syndrome moment uh, and coming through the, out, the other end uh, with a magnificent piece that I'm very proud to have um, as part of this particular showcase. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I can be honest with you. Well, no, thank you. So, thank you so much. That really means a lot. Before I say hasta luego or onto our next episode, if you like our content and would like to support my work, you can join our Patron or donate through our website. Also, don't forget the year-round we're accepting donation for our Voices Scholarship. All the information is always in the description box. And also, don't forget to come back for our next episode.